Hi, my name is Autumn and I'm a dog trainer and a canine and feline nutrition counselor and the owner of a balanced canine. Hi, and I'm Jessica, owner and trainer of Honey Dog Training. Welcome to our podcast, Candid Conversations. Okay, so today we're going to be talking and touching on social media overall and then also just social media in regard to following trainers and how it can be helpful and harmful and then also as trainers uh just how we play a role on social media and social pressures so okay so the first part i would love to talk about is social media and following trainers as a dog owner So a lot of times it can be really helpful to kind of create this community for yourself to be involved in when you have a dog that you are working with or um, that you're trying to train. And all of this information can be really helpful. All these little templates that trainers create that are so cute and give all these like really fun, amazing, helpful tips uh, is great, but it can also be sort of a detriment at times, depending on the dog that you do have. Uh, Autumn, I don't know if you want to touch on this as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, like you said, honestly, for trainers and dog owners alike, it's always great to have that like community and follow a bunch of like like-minded people. But One thing for owners that I could see being super confusing is that the biggest thing with like training your dog effectively is consistency and every trainer does things like a little bit different and there's a reason why they're doing it that way. Like I know, for example, for me, when I'm training a person's dog, a lot of the stuff that we're working on is like connected and we need all of it together. If I'm working on reactivity or something, each each thing that we're working on is um, connected, right? So they all come back together. So what I'm trying to say here is I could see it being really confusing for an owner that is looking for advice and they see like a 15 second, you know, 60 second reel on working on a behavior and they're just getting this little tip of the iceberg, right? And then they're getting a different piece of advice from another trainer. And I could just see all of that different like advice being very confusing and you're not seeing the full picture. You don't know necessarily if it's going to work for your dog. Each dog is very different. Each case is different. Exactly. And I feel like every trainer has their own process and they're not going to be sharing the entire process right just through instagram it's not that easy it's even if we wanted to or we had the time to it's just not that easy unless people are they have a separate platform where they're posting their step-by-step on how to do things you know that's that can be really helpful and really great but as far as instagram goes and just posting reels and posting videos and uh you know, Instagram stories, it's great. It, it can be, again, very, very helpful, but it can also be a detriment if you are working on really serious behaviors with your dog, you're trying different things that other trainers are showing you. It can actually get really dangerous. So if you do have a dog with really challenging behaviors, things that are, are pretty difficult for you, definitely hire a trainer 
and make sure that the things that you're looking at and the advice that you're taking, even if it's just little bits and pieces, align with that trainer. I always tell my clients that if you're going to be following, because I see some of them follow other trainers and like their stuff. And I think that's great that they want to keep learning and want to keep knowing more. But I do make sure that they're kind of like checking in with me if they're planning on trying something or adding something to their repertoire. Right. To make sure that it, it is conducive to like, the process that I have for them. Exactly. You worded that really well too, because while, you know, everybody does everything a little bit differently, while they might come across some advice that works great for that trainer and the situation they're working on, it might not work with like the plan you have laid out. Yeah, definitely. And the thing about social media too, that I really wanted to talk about also is that, and you've probably heard this a million times, but it's a really great tool in some ways. And then in other aspects it kind of sucks one way is that it connects us to all of these different people that we may have not had access to without it like i have conversations with lots of other trainers and you know people in the industry daily that i probably would have never met if we didn't have social media you know and it really connects us in that way and we have so much information available to us like right at our fingertips but at the same time there's a lot of pressure there's a lot of negativity on it and you're really just seeing like a you know 15 to 60 second clip right and i remember when i first started following other trainers now i feel at this point that i'm like i'm so comfortable and confident in what i do that i'm not too worried overall. I mean, I, I won't say that like imposter syndrome doesn't still happen because it does. Yeah. I think at times it kind of always will. But overall and generally speaking, yeah, I mean, it, it can be a lot just following all these other dog trainers. Really working with a trainer is going to be what's most helpful for you. And then seeing what their style is and like what their beliefs are. And then, you know, maybe following other like-minded trainers in that way too. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So let's, let's talk about like some reels for a second. So again, here's social media being a great tool. You have access to like all of this content that dog trainers are putting out all this free advice that you get to see. And it's amazing. Right. And you know, some of it has probably been helpful or <laughs> a lot of it is probably even helpful, but the problem with reels too, like we were just kind of talking about is that every dog is unique and every case is different too. And good dog trainers are not going to be using like cookie cutter methods they don't treat every dog the exact same way they're going to be able to adapt things based on that dog's needs so what you're seeing though is a clip from maybe somebody's session with a particular dog that dog's background learning style or anything could vary dramatically from your dog and that little clip that you're seeing doesn't show you know the weeks of work they might have been doing prior to get to that point or you're missing a lot of pertinent information so while it is like a good tool it doesn't replace actually getting a trainer, you know, because I know that when I'm making like a reel, I actually get a little frustrated sometimes. I don't make a ton of reels. I'm trying to make more because I do feel like Instagram pushes them. I know that they say they don't, but I feel like we do. <laughs> oh, totally. <laughs> but I don't make a lot of reels. One, because it takes me forever to edit them. Um, I'm trying to get better with it. But the other well, reason. And, and it's like, well, I think you have this problem too, but like they keep glitching and then yes. all of your wording ends up 
disappearing randomly all this like hard work that sometimes yes. it's like an hour of doing these like creating these reels and then it all goes to like i was just gonna ask you how long it takes you sometimes it takes me an hour or more to like edit out a reel and I'll, I'll have it perfect and then i post it and it takes out all of my work my like text that was on the the sometimes it even takes out the audio and i'm like oh my god i'm not gonna go back and like redo all of that but now i'm missing like half of the <laughs> So. Yeah, yeah, that happens to me. And then also, like, for some reason, whenever I add a music, like, layer on music, it will, and I try to go back and edit it, the music, like, doubles over. Like, it, it plays the same song, but at different sets of time. It's so strange and oh, so yeah. God forbid that you like save it as a draft to come back and work on it later. Like, you like open it up and like everything that you were doing is like gone. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> totally, totally. But yeah, what I was going to say there is like when I, I actually get frustrated making reels because Kieran, my partner, tells me that I like complicate this too much and I should just like put out, you know, put out some more content. But I get frustrated because I'm like trying to squeeze everything I need to say into this like, you know, 15 to 90 seconds. And then I'll be like, okay, but I didn't tell them about the possibility that this could happen or they don't know the background of this dog. And they not, they don't know that this, this might not work in this scenario. And he's like, he's like, yeah, it's, it's social media. Like you yeah. put all that on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it, it's, time. <laughs> it's, yeah. And it's funny because I remember maybe like a few months ago you and i had this conversation and and you were kind of telling me this exact same thing that you you know you wish there was more time and you wish you could implement you know say more things but i i remember telling you like it's so important and i i need to remind myself this as well at times like simplifying things because a lot of times sure our audience can be both dog trainers and dog owners but a lot of times, like let's let's support our our dog owners and simplify th things, yeah. and you know just how to put on a slip leash, how to keep your dog safe on a slip leash, yep. how to teach leash pressure can be broken down into such small baby steps, and here we are trying to like I don't know just move mountains with our reels, and I think. I think we also do that too because of the social pressure with dog trainers and where yeah. we feel that we should be at because of where others are at. And I do want to say that I have felt that way before and, you know, don't get caught up in that because focus on where you're, you're at with your journey. And, and again, simplifying things does not make you no less than other dog trainers. It, it, Honestly, I think it makes you better because you're you're able to really relate to dog owners and help them break things down smaller. Yeah, that conversation that you and I had about that was such a like groundbreaking moment for me for real. Like when we were talking about it, I was like, yes, that's what I needed to hear because I do feel that pressure quite often. So I'm like making content for owners, right? But I know that I have like a ton of other dog trainers following me and I like feel this pressure to like, make sure everything is like really perfect and that I'm covering everything because I know other trainers are watching it too. And mm -hmm. you just can't, you can't cover everything in like a 15 to 90 second like reel. Yeah, no, I definitely get what you mean. And for me, there are times where I'm like, I'm just going to unfollow like all the trainers. <laughs> like, I'm just going to unfollow like all the trainers and just like not see that stuff anymore. But 
I think for me and where I'm at right now, the community, the community support and just the kindness that I have received from other trainers far outweighs like those little itty bitty feelings that I'm having at times of like imposter syndrome, you know? So I keep everybody. Yeah, (laughs) I keep the ones that I I like um, and that I enjoy following. And then, you know, if there's anyone that I feel like, not necessarily doesn't align with me, but just, I, I don't necessarily agree with some of their things because there may be a little hateful. Yeah. <laughs> then, then those are the ones I unfollow. But it, as far as like following people, I do enjoy following people who I don't have the same style as. I think that's what makes you grow, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too. So here's some advice for like owners and dog trainers alike that might be listening to this. Um, if you are getting like, if you're watching somebody's content and it's making you feel bad, like you're just getting bad energy from it. And when you see their stuff, it makes you feel bad or makes you feel like you're not doing enough or something. Just unfollow them. Mm -hmm. Um, there's plenty of other creators out there, dog trainers, creators, whatever this works. This goes for anybody that's running a small business and has a social media account for it. There is plenty of other people that might align with you more that you can follow. You know, like if, if something that you're watching is just making you feel bad and I've had this experience before, unfollow them. Like you actually do have a little bit of control over what you're seeing on your feed, you know? So exactly. Exactly. And <laughs> it's funny, my um, my aunt was telling me when she's on Instagram, these particular videos pop up for her. And she's like, oh, I just can't stop watching them. She's like, but I don't, but I don't actually like to watch them, essentially, like the most joyful videos. And so, but it really reminds me like, and when I look at my Instagram and I look at the people I'm following, it's like, those are things that I want to see. And, yeah. and so I, I'm choosing to see those things. And thanks to the algorithm, it just kind of works out that way. <laughs> yeah. And I, I want to backtrack there for a second because I just thought of a good example of what we were talking about a couple minutes ago. But the pressure from the community that you feel that's probably totally, um, you're imagining it, but I also feel it sometimes. A good example of this is like when I come out with nutrition posts and things like that, I have a nutrition community. I feel very supported by them more so than even like the dog training community. I just feel like they're nicer. Hmm. Yeah. 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 But that being said, so many nuances to both, you know, dog training and nutrition, but nutrition especially. And when I'm trying to come out with content for it, I'm always like prefacing it or writing in the comment section, this was for this specific case. Things are different for every dog. This might not work for your dog. I was talking about commercial dog food business and carbohydrates. And I, I I did say in there, listen, I'm talking about the average dog and, you know, the average company, right? And I got a comment from another nutrition coach that we get along really well. I, you know, love them, love their content and everything. But I guess they like disagreed a little bit with what I was saying. So everybody's like feeding styles are a little different. And they like wrote under there and was saying that, you know, they disagreed because these things could be used to treat certain conditions and stuff. And I'm like, that's not who I'm talking to, though, you know, and I put that in the comments. And then so every time I make a post now after that, I'm like, oh, 
I covered this, but I didn't cover enough of it to say that in this particular scenario, that wouldn't work. And like, you don't need to do that though, you know? And that's right. the type of pressure I'm talking about. <laughs> right. Like maybe you can add in a full disclaimer. This is specific to this dog, but like every single time you don't need to add something for each and every, you know, this yeah, is going to be. I like I already did that. So like, I was a little frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, leaving it at that, I feel like is is appropriate. If you are running a business, you know, we, we have social media and you can actually get business off of social media. The majority of my like nutrition counseling clients come from social media, but there is this constant, in order to keep up with that, there is this like constant pressure to create all the time. And I really don't like to come out with content when I don't feel like I have something like important to say, but if I want my account to like say relevant or whatever i have to beat the algorithm by posting consistently at the same time this certain amount of times a week and anyway like i said again social media is like a great tool but it does suck in that aspect definitely i i so agree with that if i don't feel like posting something i won't or if i try to set time to post something and i'm like okay i'm gonna post a reel <clears throat> and nothing is coming to me and or it's just like yeah nothing nothing is coming to me in that moment that i just like won't post but i totally get what you mean like i feel like sometimes i need to because like you said the algorithm and just you, us wanting to reach more people yeah is definitely important but <laughs> yeah i just kind of post on my own terms for now at least yeah. And another thing too, and I guess we did tackle this a little bit, but just like comparing where you're at, whether you're a business owner or an owner and you're comparing where you're at with your dog and your progress with your dog to stuff that you see on social media, you're literally seeing a tiny snippet. Like you didn't see all the work it took for them to get there. Like don't compare yourself and feel like you're not doing enough or you're not where you need to be or your dog's not where you want them to be. Um, you are only seeing a tiny snippet. You know, you didn't see everything else that's going on too. Yep, definitely. Lastly, we're going to be talking about uh, how to find the right dog trainer for you. Do you want to start with this one? I'm going to be very generalized on this because I, I am very strongly like against judging other dog trainers like methods and things like that and what they do because... I, I've seen things before that I was like, oh, I wouldn't do it that way, but it worked great for that person or that dog. Um, and I just like, who am I to judge what somebody else is doing and what's working for them? But a couple of like generalized ways to find a dog trainer that's right for you is one, they should be able, they should be open to, you know, speaking to you and answering all of your questions. Another thing too, is they're never going to shame you. So a good dog trainer is never going to use shame tactics to sell you on their program or to make you comply with the way they do things. Um, so if there's somebody that is making you feel guilty or bad about what you have or haven't been doing for your dog, that's not the right trainer for you. Yeah, we, we've definitely seen that in the dog training world where people yeah. on social media, whether it's just they're hiding behind social media to judge others or they're actually doing it in person it's just not it's not cool and it's not helpful and i definitely know the feeling of being a dog owner and feeling like i'm the only one it honestly wasn't until recently where i started to feel like less bad about myself for having a more 
trying dog. And I don't think he's the most difficult dog in the world by any means, but he does test me. And he 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 tests me as a person, right? So it's it's me conforming to um, not conforming, but like he's helped me in so many ways, just become a better dog trainer, a better dog owner. Um, a more communicative person. He's helped me in so many ways. I could I could go on about that on a separate yeah. separate time, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I totally agree with ever everything that you were saying in regards to finding the right trainer. Yeah, yeah. and another thing I want to say to you is, and this goes for both this topic and what we were just talking about with social media, but um, I don't know how long Instagram has had like remixing out, but it's basically like where you can take somebody else's video and then like put your own content on it. And I see it get used a lot by other trainers that are like picking up another trainer's content and then like remixing it to be like, this person's an idiot. This is why I wouldn't do this, this and this, yada, yada, yada. I hate that so much. Like you get an instant unfollow from me if I see that. Um mm. Like, I, I have no problem with you pointing out, like, harmful stuff that people have posted with their dogs and their kids or things like that, you know what I mean? But, like, you pull another dog trainer's content and be like, this person's an idiot, yada, 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 unless it's, like, abusive, you know, like. Right. Um, I just don't like it, and I won't do it. And there was actually one time where I did see something that I really disagreed with, and I, I saw it potentially creating all kinds of problems and I made the reel and I sat there and I looked at it and I was like nope and I deleted the entire thing I was like I'm not doing this I don't care that you know that's just my stance on it I'm not picking apart somebody else's training methods so anyway that's just another form of like shame tactics that I don't like and you just you don't want someone that a dog trainer that's going to come to you and shame you for things that you've done or another good thing too to look for is a dog trainer absolutely should not be promising you that your dog will be doing this, this, and this in this certain amount of time, or that they'll have it done quickly, or your dog will be able to do all of this in this in a week or two weeks, or making promises like that are a big red flag. Every dog is different. Every dog learns differently. And all of that is really dependent also on how much you're working with your dog. So if they're making promises like that, they're making promises they're not able to keep. Oh my gosh, yeah. And it's it's actually really common for dog owners to say, is this problem going to be fixed in two weeks? Is this problem going to be fixed before my vacation? Is this problem going to be fixed before yada, yada, yada? And so I could see if you're a newer dog trainer, you wanting to say things like, oh, yes, we can yeah. actually do that. But you absolutely do not want to make promises like that um, because every dog is different. And also it just depends on how much work the owner is putting in, how much guidance and education and information you're giving to that owner so there are a lot of factors that play into that yeah and they you're right those types of promises come from either trainers that are kind of green and they're you know they want the client they want the work you know we've all been there at some point but also those kinds of promises also come from it's a money grab i think and that's not the type of trainer that you want uh, i d refuse to like make promises like that I always tell owners I'm like well it's every dog is different um and it really depends on how much you're practicing with them you know I don't want to work with a client if I don't think we're a good fit too the reason why is if I don't think we're a good fit for whatever reason one I don't feel like you're going to comply with um whatever I'm putting in place or it seems like you're trying to rush things or just 
I don't feel like I'm the right trainer to help you for whatever reason. I'm not going to work with you because you're not going to be happy and then I'm not going to be happy either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then it comes to a point where it's like they could be shaming you and making you feel awful about where they're at with their training journey. You know, if they don't see that you if they don't see you for who you are as a trainer from the beginning, you know, after you've met with them and talked with them and come up with a game plan and they're just expecting all good things to come from you with hands kind of hands off the table for them, it's really not a good fit. Yeah. And I've had, I've had clients before where, so I have no problem firing clients. Um, <laughs> like I politely, but if I don't feel yeah. like you're, you know, working together cohesively, I will fire you. <laughs> yeah, totally. But I have had clients before I had this like one dog that I was working with and it was like an older retired couple that had gotten this Vishla that they wanted <laughs> to do like field work with and everything. Um, and first of all, I just don't think that people understand how much work goes into competing like dog sports and stuff. Like it's like having another full-time job. So when I like see like, people saying that they want to do that with their dog. I'm always like, have you looked into how much work it is? But anyway, um, <laughs> you really want to be like, your dog. <laughs> yeah, they were like very determined with this. And I let them know I'm like, Okay, well, I'm not a sport trainer. So I can't help you with that kind of stuff. But we can definitely get like the obedience stuff down. And not just the obedience stuff, but like the overall behavior of dog, make sure you have like a sound a, a dog that's like of sound mind and stuff. And they were missing appointments left and right, canceling on me. I'd see them like once every few weeks, like because they were missing appointments and things. Like they weren't taking it seriously. And in my head, I'm like, how are you planning on doing sport dog training? You can't even stick to this part. Right. Um, and obviously, I know, like didn't see any of that, but I was like telling them to do certain things and we were working on, I was trying to get them to like stick to a training program and they would come into the lessons that they did actually show up for and be like, oh, we didn't have time to practice. We were doing this or that. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, so at this point, I'm already getting close to the point where I need to like have a conver an uncomfortable conversation with them where I'm like, I don't think this is working out and right. letting them know why. And I like hate having those conversations. That sucks. Mm -hmm. uh, they weren't very friendly to begin with. The husband was just like very above it all. If that makes <laughs> right <laughs> talking about, and um, I guess they were also going back and forth with the breeder about things. And the breeder like disagreed with me on things. And so he like wrote me like three paragraphs about why they weren't going to follow my instructions. Literally just on like producing the a basics, well socialized and neutral and calm, just like the basics yeah. and. The breeder like disagreed on that, disagreed on like nutrition stuff, you know, because my programs are all based around like working on the overall health of the dog too. And he delivered me three paragraphs, just so condescending, talking about how they weren't going to follow my instructions and that they were they were going to follow the breeder's instructions because in all caps, she breeds champions. Oh my gosh! And I wrote him back, and I was like, "That's fine. I think it's best that we don't work together anymore. Like I'm done. That's it. We're not." <laughs> Yeah. You're like, this can be so easy. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, one, I just don't think you should speak to anybody that way. There's like a certain amount of like entitlement. I didn't even tell you the entire three paragraphs of like what was written just over like basic instructions for um, socialization and like nutrition and stuff. So I was wow. like, that's fine. We clearly don't, you know, mesh well. I'm refunding you, please. You know, for the stuff you didn't use, please go on your way. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, was that and that was on social media or that was through just like email? That was through email. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's that's the thing too is I'm like we're not magicians like I I don't have any like magic to offer you like if I give you instructions and you're not following them or you're only like kind of half asking the work there is literally nothing that I can do for you if you're not holding up your end right it's like that's that's not on you that's that's on the dog owner yeah like an hour that we meet or whatever um every few weeks because you've been skipping your appointments is not going to do anything for your dog you have to practice and you have to be consistent yeah and, and doing and doing an hour each day even isn't enough it's not it, dog training is not just something that you like it's it's honestly not the same as going to the gym and going to go work out once a day and hoping that that's going to fix everything. You know, it's so much more than that. It's it's also everything that you're doing to live with your dog, how you're living with your dog. Yeah, it's, it's just really day to day tasks. It's your lifestyle with the dog that matters. Yeah. Yep. Uh, a good dog trainer that you want to work with is going to set those type of reasonable explanations with you. And they're going to explain those things to you as well. They're not just going to be like, we can get your dog in and out in this amount of time and he's going to be perfect and you have no work on your part. And I've actually had like board and train clients before that have been through a previous board and train program where they got like no follow-up instructions. The, the, the people were just like, yep, we'll take your dog. We'll have him in and out two weeks and they'll know everything. Um, that is not how board and trains work, by the way. I, I heard this from another trainer, I think he was in Austin, but he was saying that they're loosening the lid for the owner when they're doing a board and train. Mm -hmm. You are- Opening the conversation for the dog and the owner to exactly. find- Exactly. Mm -hmm. So that you're both not afraid of fighting against this like learning curve. But when the dog comes home, if you do not stick to all of that stuff, the dog's gonna regress. Like if you are going for any type of program and the people are like, we're gonna get your dog in and out in this amount of time and they're gonna know everything, run away. That is not how dog All right, works. so that's where we will end today. Mm -hmm. Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope this podcast resonates with you and provides value for you and your dog.